Hi, welcome back to the Chinese Medicine Podcast. I'm Marie Hopkinson. I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner. And today I'm joined by another Chinese medicine practitioner, um, Hong Lao. And we're in Sydney in Hong's clinic. And we're going to be talking today a little bit about fertility and people that wanting to maybe thinking about going down that road of getting pregnant or wanting to get pregnant and what things they should be looking out for. And mm -hmm. um, just some, some things that you can do for yourself at home to help you on that journey of wanting to get um, towards a better better health towards fertility and um, towards having a baby if that's um, a journey that you're looking at going on then you're gonna find this really really interesting um, so welcome Hong thank you thanks for having me on the program today awesome and Hong has studied um, uh, acupuncture and Chinese herbs in Sydney here right uh, yes at uh, the University of Western Sydney about uh, 20 years ago actually yeah yep. yeah so uh, I think I graduated yeah 2004 yeah. something like that yeah. and I've been practicing here in the junction uh, for about 15 years yeah fantastic mm. and I also know Hong through um, studying in the, the herbal medicine course that I've done in classical herbs so Hong spent another three years um, pursuing <laughs> more study yes. and studying classical three Chinese years medicine. is nothing in yep. Chinese medicine yeah nothing. it's a continuous life of study right <laughs> um, let's talk about 20 or 30 years <laughs> of study yeah and so Hong runs a very busy clinic here in Bondi Junction and um, We'll put the link to the her clinic in the description below and you can follow that up if you um, are interested in coming and seeing Hong in, in Sydney um, for the stuff we're talking about mm -hmm. or other things. Um, so Hong, let's just talk about fertility, right? So lots yes. of patients, lots of people want to, they, they decide they want to have a baby, let's say, or they're thinking about that. They're thinking, mm -hmm. maybe I want to have a baby in the future. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the things that you would advise your patients or talk to them about if that's something they said to you? They said, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of my want to mm. be having a baby what would some things you would tell them well first of all when they come into the uh, for the consult we have to gather a lot of information mm. because fertility is very complex there's so you know, you know I don't know whether you've seen that picture where you have a picture of this woman and this man and there's so much going on with the woman you know mm -hmm. it's like this whole machinery going on in the background okay, yep. and the then the man the cogs <laughs> yes the cogs are turning and the, 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 there's a whole you know lots of machinery in there in different parts and um, especially with the with gynecology you know there's endometriosis there's PCOS there's mm. so many issues so many things that can go wrong and affect fertility and um, you know so many patients these days go to IVF because we don't actually know what is wrong mm. you know there's unexplained fertility so we have to look at the blood tests we look at you know progesterone levels at 21 day 21 we look at the FSH you know vitamin D levels are really important these days because um, there's research that suggests that you know um, if with inadequate um, vitamin D levels you know, you're less likely to fall pregnant. Okay. Yeah. In, just even inadequate vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. Inadequate vitamin yeah. D. And a lot of people in Australia would think I'm not going to be vitamin D deficient. We've got so much sun here, but is that, well, is that true? We're all working in the office. Yeah. I think the morning sun and some practitioners really believe that you shouldn't take vitamin D supplements. Okay. You should go and sit out in the sun, mm. topless or okay. <laughs> however you get your vitamin if, if you lived in, in your a, own private space. <laughs> in your <laughs> private space. Get some morning sun. About 20 minutes onto you every single day. Okay. I mean, but yep. we don't really have that sort of opportunity. Yeah. Most of us work in an office. I, I work undercover. Mm -hmm. I mean, it saved my skin. Mm -hmm. However, it's not really good for our vitamin okay. D levels. Right. So even something just as simple as vitamin D could be part of the fertility of um, course. issues that people have. Right? Of course. And then we need to look at 
their lubricant. Okay, well, it's the about lubricant. Lubricant <laughs> killing their sperm. You know, right, okay. what what are they using? A lot of the lubricants aren't very good. Okay, it's best to just use coconut oil or olive oil. Okay, wow, that's cheaper as well. <laughs> it's cheap. It's in the kitchen, yeah, right? It's there, ready to yeah, go at any time. It's in your kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and people have a lot of misinformation about mm. what is happening in their bodies. You know, when are you ovulating? Do people know that? Yeah, how would they know? How, how, how well, how would they know is the doctor tells them it's day 14 mm. and they've been using an app. Mm. And I said, well, it's not day 14. People mm. can ovulate any time in their cycle. You can actually fall pregnant during your menstruation wow. as well. Yep. And people That'd don't be a surprise. That. <laughs> People don't actually realise that either. Okay. You're fertile during your menstruation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and using an app is very not a very, very good idea at all. That is really wrong. You, so that's yeah. something you'd advise your patients yeah. not to use apps? And not to use the app. Okay. Um, the, probably the best thing that you can do is probably use a body basal temperature chart, which yeah. now, after many years of practice, I don't even bother to get my patients to do that okay. anymore. Because really, they're focusing too much. They become very anal and very yep. stressed about the whole process. Yep. So I ditch the tr charts. Okay. I say if you really want to fall pregnant quickly, then go to a, um, you know, an, a, a fertility clinic yep. and go and get ovulation tracking for free for three cycles on Medicare. Mm. And that really pinpoints the exact time of ovulation. Right, okay, that's good advice. So if yes. you're in Australia, that's our free um, medical, medical system. Yeah. So if you're in the US, I don't, I don't know, you have to check your insurance. But it really increases the success rate and increases mm. okay. um, the speed in which you fall pregnant. Awesome, okay. Because so a lot of people get it wrong. Okay. They get it wrong. And also I explained to, to the patient um, that in order to fall pregnant, you need good sperm, mm. you need good eggs, and you need good fertile mucus okay yeah yep. so when the sperm hits a dry vagina mm -hmm. okay the sperm is actually alkaline and the okay. vagina is acidic right so the sperm wants to live in an alkaline environment and the fertile mucus is an alkaline environment right, right. and so what happens is when you have good fertile mucus the sperm will live in that mucus because it's alkaline and it'll take it to the day of ovulation because it keeps that sperm alive for three to five days. So if everybody tried to fall pregnant just based on the time that they're going to mm. ovulate, which is a 12 to 24 hour window, and normally it's more like a 12 hour window, no one would ever fall pregnant. It's the fertile mucus okay. that will help keep the sperm alive and take you to ovulation time. Right. It's magical mucus. It's yeah, magical it's mucus. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so what anything do you tell patients to, that they could do to get their mucus better? Well, first of all, they're gonna observe okay. when are they having this mucus. Yep. You do not observe on your underwear. Okay. Okay, do yep. not observe. You observe every time you urinate, every time you have a bowel movement. Okay. Because that pushing down sensation, you need to observe before and after. Mm-hmm on both occasions okay. and you need to observe you know close to ovulation every time because when you observe that fertile mucus it will research have shown that it's about three days um, you know out of your um, ovulation time 
Okay. It's about three days out. Right. So what are yeah. people looking for when you're saying observe the mucus? How so, they they, so they don't. So you anything. wipe with a toilet paper mm -hmm. tissue front to back. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we all Good. do that. Hopefully. I've been doing it right all my life. Hygienic. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for that. Front to back. Okay. Yep. And then you um, you pick up off the tissue paper and see fertile mucus has three characteristics mm. and they can happen um, all together or separately. If they happen separately, that's fine, you know, it's still fertile mucus. Uh, but if they happen all together, then that's even better. That's okay. like top grade fertile mucus. Okay, so you, you pick it up off the toilet paper and it needs to stretch more than two and a half centimeters. Okay. So it's like an egg you know, yolk, uh, white, sorry, and you stretch it more than two and a half centimetres. Um, it's got to be clear. If it's cloudy, that's okay. not fertile mucus. Some of it might be cloudy. Okay. Um, and then also, this is more like a feeling. When you wipe, it's like a whoosh sensation. It's like a really slippery whoosh sensation. And if you can't actually see the mucus on your tissue paper, just having that sensation alone means there's fertile mucus there. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. So usually I show them this uh, picture dictionary oh, okay. and I show them uh, what it actually looks like. So that's 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 off the tissue paper. I don't know whether okay. you can see I'll, it. I'll, there. We'll, we'll put the thing over the top of this. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you can pick it up with your index finger like that or picture 10 picture 10 yeah wow this is really in-depth picture 10 <laughs> okay well, yeah, right. <laughs> yes yep. so you can see some of it's cloudy mm. yeah and some it's clear um as long as there's some clear sections now so this it shouldn't is be a weird color right like if in, it shouldn't be like a yellow if you are yellow color. that's an infection yeah Okay, so yellow is this pasty, gummy mm. thing that looks like something that you would pick off the back of your credit card. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> so that's, that what, that's what an infection looks like. Okay. That is good for people to know, they have yeah, no they idea. Should find, they should find yeah, it. something tacky and gummy like this is mm. not fertile mucus. Mm. Yeah, it's like a glue, you know, like clag glue? Yeah, clag glue. Yeah, that's, glue. That's not fertile mucus. Okay. okay. So the best fertile mucus that we're looking at, something that's like a window pane. Okay. Yeah, picture ten. Yep. That's looking mm. really, really good. Mm. <laughs> You're very, <laughs> very passionate about fertile I'm, mucus. Here. I'm, I'm very, very passionate about. It. And then when you see this, it's mm. wet on your tissue paper. Mm. Okay. Okay. But you can't pick it up. Okay. But you feel yeah. it with lubricate. You feel that whoosh feeling. Yes. That whoosh sensation. That's that's you definitely have fertile mucus. Okay, feel the whoosh. But if you feel see all that wet tissue paper, there's no whoosh, there's no fertile mucus, okay. and there's nothing you can pick up. No fertile okay. mucus. Okay. Yeah. So um, so I tell people, you should have intercourse mm -hmm. when that fertile mucus appears because okay. that's when your the sperm can mm. live. Not when the app says, hey, you should be doing it now. Not yeah. when the app says, and not on day fourteen. Mm. You don't know how many doctors have mm. advised patients that you you are ovulating at day 14. Mm. No, some people can ovulate from day 8, mm. you know, through to day 17. Okay. It's the different lengths of the cycle. Mm. Yeah. And so if women see mm. that's fertile mucus and they think, okay, right, it's on now, um, how many times should they do it? Should they be doing it as much as possible every second day? People say different things. How, what do you usually advise? 
um, sex-wise? Look, I've had patients have sex every day of the year, every day of the year. Yeah, okay. And they didn't fall pregnant. Yep. Because they didn't check whether they had fertile mucus. Yeah, yeah. So but I think people I think too much, and that makes it that no. You more? I, I, I don't I don't think so. No. No, well, every day I think is too much. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seriously had patients that said that to me. Okay. Um, but um, if, if you do it every second day, it's fine. Okay. Yep. And if you have the energy and the yep. stamina every day, okay. all good. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. No problems there. Wow, that's so um, amazing. Like, that's um, something that people can check themselves and they, should, they should definitely mm -hmm. shouldn't be just relying on an app and things like that. And maybe apps are good for... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but apps might be better for just people that need to make sure they've got a regular cycle, like yes. monitoring their menstrual cycle if they forget, like they want to write down when yes. day one was, when, when the next day exactly. one was, that kind of stuff. But and recording the fertile mucus. Okay. Right. And recording that. Okay. So they can but use look, an app, but don't rely on the app only. If, if they're having problems with their fertile mucus and they can't see any, yes. then you can take high dose vitamin B6. Okay. Basically. About 500 milligrams. Okay. Um, you can get uh, the um, Blackmore's one, I think. Blackmore's mm -hmm. one is 250, so you just take two of those. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll help. Mm -hmm. Chinese herbs will help. Okay. Acupuncture will help. All yeah. of those things. Okay. Yeah, because it gets depleted by poor diet, you know, stress, um, all of those sort of things. Yeah. Working too hard. Okay. And that, so that's probably mm. a good way patients who are doing Chinese medicine could know is it working? Because often they don't know. Like obviously, if they haven't had a baby that would be one way to know, but if they're still just mm. undergoing treatment, they don't know, is it working? So they could monitor, like, their, is their fertile mucus exactly. getting better throughout yeah. this treatment doing whilst they're doing the acupuncture with the herbs and the vitamins. And yeah, things. yeah, that's yeah. right, that's okay. right. Right, mm. and are there any other kinds of things you would tell patients to do or not do yes. to help their There's mucus? There's so much that, um, yeah, I, I think that women um, with, you know, fertile mucus mm. issues are just probably exhausted, mm. you know, probably just to cut back on um, too much overwork mm. and the social activities. Mm. Um, yeah, build, in, in Chinese medicine, yeah, in Chinese medicine we talk about, um, you know, the nutrients that we're getting from our food that transforms into blood and fluids, mm. yeah? And so obviously, you know, we look at, we can look at absorption as yep. well. We look at the digestive yep. system. Is it converting mm. well? You know, are you converting your nutrients well? Mm. Uh, look at stress levels. So there's so many things when um, a woman's trying to fall pregnant that we advise people to do. We advise them to reduce so many things, reduce okay. exercise. Right. Yep. Yes, there's a why, study. Why would, why would we reduce exercise? Why? Because there's a study that showed um, that actually uh, women who are overweight exercise is actually good. It actually helps fertility. So you need to, if yep. you're overweight, weight loss helps fertility. Mm -hmm. yep. But if you are normal, mm -hmm. if they, the study found that if you exercise five days a week, it actually reduced your likelihood of getting pregnant. Right, okay. Yeah. So if this you're overweight, was exercise is good because weight loss is good. Yes. But if you're normal weight, don't go and push it more. And I find a lot of my patients, they have to stop kind of doing intense stuff like CrossFit and really the, the heavy sweating yes. exercises. Yes. Walking. Walking yeah. is really good. Mm. Apparently, there's some study, there's some, yeah, someone suggested that um, 
it was just a recent thing I, I read somewhere that walking actually helps you lose weight more than running. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. often the, like the correlation brisk walking. between that is um, brisk walking. When you, the, more, the heavier exercise you do often makes people's appetite higher. Yeah, and then they end up increasing. eating more. Yeah. So that, in those studies, often yeah. that's the reason why. Yeah. So if you're overweight and you don't do much exercise and then you suddenly start exercising, you're like, well, I'm eating twice as much because I'm so hungry. You're not, yeah, that's your net right. gain isn't very much. That's right. That happened yeah. to me recently. Yeah, no. yeah but you don't <laughs> <need to> <laughs> <laughs> I was like doing so much yeah. more exercise. I'm eating yeah. so much more. <laughs> It, it, it sort of comes back to what you were saying before mm. about doing less and not like we, we shouldn't be treating our bodies like a machine like just for, for what gain like for what purpose yeah. just to get all muscly or to get all you know sweat out all our fluids yeah yeah well it's like the you've got to think about input in mm. yeah and your output okay so if you're doing too much um, physical activity mm. then you know you need to eat more to to replenish all of that um, and you need to you know also rest and sleep mm. sleep better so yeah. we need to improve sleep mm. yeah because that's when all the hormones yep. get replenished yep. um, also we need to reduce stress and uh, that also affects fertility mm. yes um, we need to um, reduce cough caffeine intake yeah it's um, a hard one for people though right? it's very hard but yeah. you if you want to fall pregnant you've got to do it um, so there was a really large Yale medical school study mm. that women who had one cup of coffee reduced their fertility by about 55 percent right 100% by taking two to three cups one okay. and a half to three cups Wow. So yeah. So if you're at three coffees, two coffees, three coffees a day per person, you want to get pregnant, you should just reduce that down straight away to none or reduce it. Or well, just try something else. Yeah. Maybe try a little bit of green tea, or mm. you know, um, yeah. Some people are into decaf. They say that some decafs, the process of decaffeination is more toxic than mm. normal coffee. Um, yeah. But I think it depends on what brand you buy, but it just takes too much research. So yeah. maybe just drink something like herbal tea. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. And alcohol, there wasn't really much about alcohol until recently where a study came, a 10 year, they did it, like after 10 years, they did a big study on mm. alcohol. And now it's been linked to cancer. Right. So the standard two drinks that was recommended has been, two drinks a day, mind you, has been dropped down to 1.4. And they're even saying, I don't have 0.4 of a drink. <laughs> 1.4 equals 10 drinks a week. Yeah, okay. That's over seven yeah, days. Right. 1.4 over seven days, yeah. 10 drinks a week. But they're saying that that's, they don't even consider that to be a safe level. Yep. So they're suggesting that all people who want to fall pregnant don't drink at all. Mm. Breastfeeding women don't drink at all. Mm. This is the NHMRC, yeah? yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. That's what they're suggesting. Yeah, so get on, the, get on that health kick and stay on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, yeah. I don't suggest that you go on a um, detox yeah. whilst you're trying to fall pregnant. Yeah, right. I think Good. that you should detox before mm. you, you start falling pregnant. Um, but sometimes it's, it's really difficult for people to detox. I mean, I've got this amazing 
soup detox that people can go on. Because yeah. being Chinese yeah. medicine practitioner, we don't believe in juice detox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless you're highly inflamed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and very toxic. And that, that purging process can be so um, damaging to people's gut. That's, and that's, they, that's they come out of it feeling so cold that's and so right. worse. But the soup, soup detox yeah. is wonderful because it's warming soup. Awesome. You blend it mm. up. You know, you have soup mm. seven, for seven days. You, if you are really overweight, you can actually lose five, to mm. five kilos. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of um, hospitals use soup as a weight loss thing like the cabbage soup diet came out a few mm. probably 10 years ago I think now yeah. with the help with the heart patients yeah. whether if you're going for heart surgery they'd make you drink this cabbage soup and then people started doing the cabbage soup diet to, to no, no, quickly shed quick kilos I, I can believe mm. that they shed it's kilos true. that but you still need to get all your nutrients yeah. right yep. and so you should have all the colors of the rainbow in your soup mm. you can have one to two liters mm. yeah one to two liters a day as much as you want mm. And you can sip it all throughout the day, or you can have it in three segregated sections, you okay. know, your meals. Yep. Um, and what that does is it cuts out all of the sugar addiction, mm. all of the alcohol addiction, and just resets your body. Yeah. And I did this after Christmas because people gave me mountains of chocolate. Yeah, what yeah. did I have to do? I had to eat it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Gobble it all down. <laughs> so I was, I was so addicted to the sugar. Yeah after Christmas and New Year and to the alcohol. Yeah. I had to do that to just totally wean myself yeah. off sugar. Mm. It's such a great idea. Mm. Yeah. I just did a video on this channel a few weeks ago about that. Um, with talking about dampness because um, there's a lot of people that have commented about, you know, how do you get rid of damp and how do you, you know, stop the dampness building up and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And like that soup detox diet is such a great way to reset oh, your flavours so you're not craving sweet, craving yes, salty, craving yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. make an orange soup one day or green mm. soup another day and you just put everything in it and just a little bit of salt mm. and pepper and chilies if you like it. Mm. It's so easy. Mm. And you just put like two, two cups of water mm. with a big pot of veggies and then you blend it. You blend it to a pulp and you can just drink that. Yeah, it actually good. helps your body metabolise a lot better. Like it doesn't have to work so hard. Yeah. Your your digestive system gives it a bit of a break. For it a gives a little days, bit yeah. of a break, yeah. And somehow you lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of not eating. Food <laughs> um, okay, good. All right. And so, what about when patients come to you um, for this kind of thing, and they're and then maybe they're going, they're already decided to, or they have already started IVF? Yeah, so, you know, some patients come and they're not ready for IVF, so obviously they just come for natural fertility. Then I have patients that come and see me um, because, you know, they, they're doing IVF and uh, they want some support for, the, yeah. for IVF. Um, some patients come and see me when IVF has failed them mm. and they want to do, do donor egg. I really okay. encourage, you know, those older women who um, are having multiple fail cycles to do donor egg because it's highly it's eighty percent success rate. Okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, um, it's it's a fantastic support, you know, for these patients because mm. um, they could be going another two three years trying to hit it hard with their own eggs yes, when they could have just done yeah. the donor egg. It, it, yeah. Mm. It's very complicated. Situation. It's complicated. It's very yeah. So many issues in there. Yeah. yeah. Or I get patients that don't believe in IVF. They don't okay. believe in all of the drugs and the intervention. Yep. They like to lead a pure, natural life, and yep. and so sometimes you have to tell them, you know, you're not going to fall pregnant because mm. there's an issue with the partner, the, the sperm. Mm. There's an issue with you, and when there's two issues together, 
it creates a bigger problem and it may take a little bit longer to fall pregnant. And when they're 40, they really don't have the time. And so you have to give them the advice and say, look, I think IVF is a solution for you. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're not into IVF, then you think, well, then, you know, yeah, give them the if, reality if you're really check. Trying to do it that natural way, then there are that, that that is nature. Some people don't have babies. Yeah, some yeah. people do. Yeah, and so we need to treat them at minimum three months, you know, yeah. and mm. up to four months. And that, but people don't really give you that much time, because especially if they're forty. Yeah. yeah you know, they the want ticking. the clock's ticking, and so especially if they, I mean, how many children do they want? Mm. So if you want two children, you've got to be starting around thirty-five. You know, to give you time for your body to recover, yeah, um, and then, and all that sleep deprivation. Um, you know, I've I've had patients who've had donor egg. You know, at the oldest one was forty eight. Forty eight. Wow. And um, yeah, they had a lot of health problems yeah. afterwards because Did it they conceive a baby. They conceived. They conceived a baby, and they're looking after the baby, and no sleep for two to three years at forty-eight wrecks your body. Mm. So they had to come in and, and mm. get treatment for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of issues to consider. It's, um, I guess, if you're considering having a baby and you go down this road of like using acupuncture or Chinese medicine, you don't get pregnant. The good stuff. Good. The, mm. the, the flip side of it on, on a positive is that your body will generally mm. be healthier on the other side of it because yes. our, the way we approach things is making you as healthy as you can as best as we can yes. but at the same time yeah if you do want to just go down that 100% natural road there are some times where you well you can't force nature can you mm. that's just how it is right? well I think the oldest patient that I assisted to fall pregnant with IVF uh, was 46 and that's like really quite extreme, yeah. yeah? And it's a harrowing <coughs> process. Some people mm -hmm. don't realise how harrowing it is until they start going through it. Mm. Yeah. Yep. When patients come in and they, they are wanting to, to see have, see you and have treatment, Yes. Um, a lot of people know about acupuncture used before and after the cycle and at different times in the cycle. Um, what about Chinese herbs? Do you use Chinese herbs with people? Absolutely. Look, the research shows that Chinese herbs have made a, um, a very strong impact on progesterone levels mm. um, and before and after treatment. They measured it before and after and they found that the progesterone increased by a mean difference of plus seven. And um, they also found that blood flow increased before and after treatment of the Chinese herbs. Okay. Yep. And so um but blood flow to the uterus. Blood flow to the uterus. Yeah, yep. Yes. So making that so lining nice and healthy so Yes. So that like was that. a plus six. Yeah, right. So those two parameters they measured things like um I think the endometrial lining, the um estrogen levels, um what else did they measure? Um I can't remember now, but there was quite a few parameters. But what came out was the progesterone and yeah. the blood flow was the most successful yeah. impact that it had. Yeah. And um, what's the, the impact for people, progesterone levels for people that don't know, what's the impact for their, for their fertility if their progesterone levels well, are too low? Well, it's interesting because doctors um, look 
if you're within their range mm. and not outside, they think that's fine. Okay. But as you know, that naturopaths, you know, see it in a very different light. Yeah. And and really, we would like your vitamin D levels to be at around uh, 100 mm -hmm. and your progesterone levels at day 21 to be around 50. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's, if they're not, then we need to boost it with herbs and acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, and this is another way maybe patients mm -hmm. who are doing a bit of both would know if it's working or how it's working. That's right. It's affecting them if it's actually having an impact. If they haven't gotten pregnant yet, but they can see month to month that their levels yeah. are changing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I know in your practice, Hong, you kind mm. of have a, a, a much more integrative approach than you don't just do stock standard Chinese medicine. Yes. Um, are there particular supplements that you um, advise or prescribe to patients who are doing fertility? Uh, yes, there is so much research out there um, on which supplements would help, especially with the ATP production. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do with um, after the transfer is that embryo, that cell grows due to ATP. And what can affect ATP? ATP can be affected by supplements such as coenzyme Q10. Okay. It's very, very well known. Even the fertility doctors are prescribing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with yep. their DHEA to help with egg quality. Um, and we, I use cordyceps. Also, there's research on cordyceps that show that it helps ATP. Right, yeah? okay. ATP production yep. to help those cells multiply. Mm. Um, and um, I would use Chinese, you know, we know that Chinese herbs help mm. ATP, but I will suggest that, you, you know, patients stop all their Chinese herbs once the IVF cycle um, starts, mm -hmm. because doctors don't like it. Yeah. But you know, if, you've, if a 40-something-year-old woman ha comes in to see you, they've had many failed cycles, the IVF is not helping them. You've got to, you've got to do something more for them. So mm. I, I will give herbs then. Mm. And they're willing to take herbs. And the IVF doctors have no issues with that. And they're yeah. like, we've tried everything. Yeah, it's their last resort. It's their last resort. And I've spoken to many fertility clinics. They're really comfortable with that. Mm. Yeah, they, they don't mind yeah. at all. I think it's something so, that if you're watching mm. this and you're like, maybe you're a patient thinking about it or you're going through IVF or you, you know, you're already seeing a practitioner, it's something you need to think about and, and have that discussion with your practitioner and even with your doctor um, or have the discussion with your, with your herbalist or your um, acupuncturist first and they may be able to give you some research or some evidence or some stuff that you can then go and talk to your doctor about in their language or a bit more support for, for that yes, conversation rather course. than you just as a patient going and saying to your doctor, oh, I want to take herbs. <laughs> and the doctor's like, oh, yeah. we don't know what that is, so we'll just say no to it. Um, I find a, a lot of patients come back with that report just because the doctors don't know and they're not going to say yes to something they don't know. They don't, they're too busy. They don't have time to look at mm. all this stuff. Um, because just the word herbs could mean anything. <laughs> like they don't yes, know what's in right. the herbs, they yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and you have yeah, to give them exactly what you're taking. Yeah. yeah. And so it, yeah, that's that's a big concern for um, for, for patients. Um, mm. Like, is this going to be okay with the, with the like they don't want to mess up the fertility system that they're already no. using, spending good money. Invest, investing tons and tons of money into that. But I know that supplements, I mean, the concern is that the estrogen levels go through the roof, mm. okay? And I know that Chinese, they think Chinese herbs can do that. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why they think that, um, but perhaps there is studies, you know, out there, but, you know, those studies that are just on one herb and it, they're dosing the, the, the 
the rat or the animal or whatever it is that they're doing, uh, doses that we wouldn't even use. And also, um, I know that supplements can do it. Yeah. You know, naturopaths have yeah. patients on 20 supplements or more. Yeah. And at the fertility clinic, they told me that the estrogen just went mm. skyrocketed yeah. and they'd seen this patient yeah. in previous cycles and that didn't happen and then they were on those supplements and mm. it caused that. So we yeah. all have to be so these are really mindful yes. mindful, yeah. and just uh, working with the fertility clinics and yeah. the doctors and yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's a great point that you bring mm. up. Like the, one, the action of one Chinese herb is completely different to a formula of Chinese herbs. So yes. the action of that one herb within the whole formula is different. And then again, you're not taking this massive dose off. It's like, mm. you know, one herb in a formula, the dose of that one herb and the compounds within that that might affect the estrogen or something like that is so mm. small, but also because it's got other herbs in the formula, it, that may make it less likely to skyrocket the estrogen in that way. But when they've only investigated, so a lot of doctors look at the formula, oh, you've got licorice in there, you can't take that. Oh, you've got mm. this in there, oh, you've got ginseng in that, mm. oh, we can't have that. And it's just that, mm. or, or cinnamon or something. And it's like, well, the, the cinnamon in your formula mm. is so different the way it interacts in your body to synergistically. A big mm. bag of cinnamon. That's right. <laughs> the, the synergistic effects yeah. is just too complex for anyone to study. It's, yeah. It works in a very different way. Yeah. So it's yes. just a conversation you need to have with your practitioner. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this channel, so that people can be informed before you go mm. and, um, and and you just you can be informed that it's okay for you to ask the pre those questions to your practitioner. So your practitioner wants you to ask those questions. That's what they're mm. there for. And they can help give you the information so that then you can go back to your, talk to your doctor or talk to your fertility place. Um, and then get you know and be on be mm -hmm. everyone can be informed <laughs> everyone can can make a, a good decision based on yeah. that information yeah so thank you so much hong for um being on the podcast and uh, giving oh, up your time and doing this it's been fun yeah i've learned lots <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of fun about mucus <laughs> a bit of a laugh so i hope you've learned something and if you've got a question or a comment you can put it in the in the description uh, you can put you can put it in the in the comments below and um, I'll try to answer it for you. Um, and we'll put in the description um, the, the links to Hong's clinic. So what, you're in Bondi Junction, that's where we are yes, right Bondi now. Junction, yes, Bondi Junction, yes. What's your, um, what's your clinic's name here? Eastern Therapies. Eastern Therapies. Yes. Yep, and so <coughs> Hong sees patients, um, that's her primary thing that she does. She sees people for lots of lots of conditions, right? Yeah, not many conditions, not just fertility. Yep. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. that's that's one of her special interests mm -hmm. is in, um, in in fertility and supporting people in that journey. So I hope you found this information useful and helpful. And if you have, um, make sure you like and subscribe to the video. Um, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Chinese Medicine Podcast. Did you know we're also on TikTok? And you can find shorter videos on Facebook and Instagram that you might like to share with your friends and family. You can also find our podcast on Apple, Spotify and all places where you listen to audio podcasts. I look forward to seeing you again on the next video soon. We're not allowed to use Delta. What is it? It's alright, I know. Thanks for the peanut gallery. Okay, what was the next You're question? You're very funny, that's good. <laughs> People are going to love this. <laughs> it's also